Hello, my name is Michael Dawson from the Action Factory and welcome to another edition of the Solution Focused Toolkit podcast. We believe that the solution focused approach should be the minimum standard in the care industry. Our training and podcast is an attempt to take this powerful working model out of the therapy room and into your workplace. So if you're in the business of working with people, improving their lives, such as youth or social work, teaching, then you have got the greatest job in the world and you are in the right place. Um, Have you heard the one about the three therapists? (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. I've had a lot of comments, kind of, I get these comments both in person and online, kind of about my attitude towards traditional therapists and their methods. And I often quote in sessions my Aunt Betty. And now, of course, Aunt Betty doesn't exist in reality as a person, but she does exist. In fact, my Aunt Betty might actually be you. So, um... So before I explain, let me tell you something about Aunt Betty, okay? She's an extremely positive person. She's someone who is always fun and reassuring to be around. Now, in a crisis, it's Aunt Betty who remains calm and focused on the positive. In fact, when things go wrong in life, then it's Aunt Betty that people gravitate to. People who talk to Aunt Betty about problems always come away feeling more upbeat and positive about a situation. The problem seems smaller and sometimes afterwards it seems to kind of evaporate all by itself. And the funny thing about Aunt Betty is this. She never gives advice or instruction or, or, or any of those things. Yes, Aunt Betty will tell stories or mention her experiences, but she never directs them at anyone. And whenever I talk about Aunt Betty, then I'm talking about any one of our clients. That is the social workers, teachers, residential workers, whom we train in solution-focused working. And as I said earlier, I could be talking about you. Gosh, it's windy out. So here's the thing. Aunt Betty isn't trained in the solution-focused approach. She certainly never did any therapeutic training, either formal or informal. She has no degrees, and she wouldn't know the first thing about therapy. She's got no experience. She never wrote a book or a paper. However, isn't she the kind of person that you would prefer to approach in a crisis? So let's come back to the real world, our world, the world of your school your youth club or residential home. So in your day-to-day dealings with your clients, you you do not need to do kind of degrees, write books or get trained to be a therapist by a therapist. In fact, if you need anything, then it's to be and find out a little bit more about how Aunt Betty does what she does. So you're already brilliant youth workers, residential workers, teachers, but not therapists. So wouldn't it make sense to get training for yourself to be more like Aunt Betty than Sigmund Freud? So, you know, some people have answered this idea, uh, you know, with the idea of kind of formal mental health problems and how we approach these. And I'll tend to say, okay, get on the client's bus. Don't try and drive the bus. Okay. So I once attended a a local college in the heart of Manchester in the UK and I was called in by the head teacher to meet a student uh, 
because they knew what I did. I was that kind of uh, floating therapist. And they were pretty afraid at the time. So half an hour later, I appeared there and I was pretty afraid too, to be honest. I immediately saw why they were so nervous. Um, the, the, the client was a very large, powerful man. He was about 18, 19 years of age. And he had a mental health condition diagnosed as bipolar and he'd stopped medicating. So he was in the college screaming about God and saving people now. And he'd been frightening people, not letting them out of the classroom and things like that. So they had no idea what to do with him. And to be honest, neither did I. I was in no position to diagnose him, to insist that he take his medication, or most importantly, to, to predict his behaviour. So yet again, all I had was my solution-focused uh, training. So while we talked, I was not going to challenge his thoughts. This isn't my job. My job was to be curious and to find out how he was feeling. In time, and after a, an event or two that I'll save for another day, we did reach a point of calm and a solution. So this is the reason I often talk about how you don't need or want therapy, academic training, but simply need guidance in the tools of helping people and to break down what anti-Betty might do. Okay, so yes, together we solved the immediate problem. I did not make a diagnosis. I did not suggest medication or how he manages his life. Um, this is never my role and probably never yours. So this is my main point. I, I teach people when we train who do jobs like yours that they are simply to act as the curious inquisitors to inquire about the client's life and how they see the world. I'm not going to attempt to change their view directly uh, for reasons we'll kind of go into elsewhere. So sometimes to illustrate this point, uh, I, I wrote a story some time ago about a small group of therapists and a client on a walk through the woods. And um, so I'll, I'll tell you the story. It kind of tries to illustrate the point. Okay, so um, there's a group of therapists and a client on a walk through the woods and they eventually reach a road, uh, but the client becomes very anxious and he refuses to cross. So what's wrong, says the counsellor. Uh, it's a river, I'll drown, says the client. So the counsellor's puzzled by this and, and it's clearly a road with little or no traffic. So they sit down and they talk about how that feels and they explore his past and try and work out when this first started happening. And they even give a name to his condition, which will enable them then to diagnose and categorize kind of people like him in the future. And after a while, the client is not willing to move across. Uh, it's clear that this whole process could take some time. So then it's the turn of the CBT therapist who tries some more kind of physical tactics. So she places rocks on the road as stepping stones in a way of showing the client how it is safe to cross. And still there is no movement. So eventually the solution focused therapist takes the client by the arm and says, follow me. And the, uh, and the pair of them set off along the side of the road. So the other two say, well, where are you going? 
and the solution focused therapy says to the bridge and eventually they all cross the bridge and continue their journey okay so so you'd be right in saying this has not addressed the root of the problem or its causes it doesn't address what the client will do in the future when he arrives at a road so as you can imagine um this is where my criticism comes from because i'm kind of saying that's not our job so what it does address is a is a kind of client-centered approach without judgment without any damage and it provides a solution that the client client the client can relate to uh, you know from his own standpoint and this solution is by no means the one that would suit the therapists however it makes perfect sense to the client so if this seems pedantic then you'll soon discover numerous examples of this in our training scenarios when i talk about many of my own live experiences so yes we have not worked out a permanent solution we haven't given it a name but um, again giving it a name and deciding what the issue is is something uh, totally totally different but it does remind me of another story and I, I can't take credit for this story but it is kind of in a similar vein in a way because it does involve another river <laughs> It's a, it's it's the story of three monks who went walking through a forest and came upon a raging river. This was a real river, and there were no bridges this time. So in order to continue their journey, they decided to chop down trees and make a raft. And once they crossed safely, they prepared to continue their journey through the forest. And the younger of the three monks attempts to lift the heavy raft onto his back. What are you doing, says the wise old monk. Bringing the raft with us, he replies. Why? comes the response. Because there might be another river up ahead, and we'll need the raft to get across. And the wise monk smiles and says, If there's another river ahead, then there'll be more trees. He dropped the raft, and they continued on their way. So, the moral of that story is there's always a immediate solution, and maybe we not we shouldn't always be looking for the kind of permanent long-term solution. Certainly there are people whose job it is to do that, but that's not mine and probably not yours. Uh, but there is certainly a solution further down the road. So what about the professional therapist's role? That is something probably very much outside of our remit. But I have to ask myself the question, can someone do enough study of the mind to become doctors and kind of relate to that client, to be able to predict what are the root causes of their behavior. You know, if we struggle to even manage our own behavior, then how can we become schooled in the behavior of others? So in most cases, I'd say, yes, the professional can do exactly that. But so if the client believes they're this way because their brother got pushed first on the swings, well, doesn't that just make it true? You know, in fact, would a client have any choice but to believe this? And of course, you know, to accept his diagnosis and of course his prescription. And as I say, in most cases, probably correct. After all, he is sat with an expert. So, you know, where the diagnosis and hence the prescription came from isn't 
always clear. The, you know, the therapist's got a lot of baggage to add in. So let's take the analogy of, say, a physical condition. There are millions of misdiagnoses by doctors and some result in death. Are we saying that mental health therapist doesn't have similar failures? Diagnosing mental health conditions has little to do with me and you in your working environment, other than a, a, a deeper understanding of how it can affect the client's thinking. I mean, after all, I sat for a considerable time listening to a client explain how their therapist was evil, manipulative, and even threatening. Now, I doubted the, the validity of those claims, but my solution-focused practice demanded I cross the bridge with them. So what was valid or invalid outside of the client's thinking, and of course any immediate danger, was really of no concern of mine. So it might be someone's job to work with long-term solutions, but it might not be yours. So as a solution-focused worker who's teaching or in youth work, then there's a temptation to want to solve the client's life and not their immediate problem. So let's stretch the analogy a little further. Maybe the therapists are there to build the roads and the bridges to make a person's longer-term life better. In the meantime, we all need amazing and brilliant teachers, youth workers and residential workers just like you. People who can help us overcome that immediate problem. And we need people like Aunt Betty. This is why I always insist that you carry on being brilliant professionals without attending training courses that attempt to make you into therapists. So instead be accepting not only of your professional limitations, but in many instances, the actual advantages your profession brings. You know, regular listeners will have heard many of those in their previous episodes. Okay, so in summary, I hope you enjoyed those two little stories. And I, I don't always know where the initial subject matter will take me i was trying to address a what i felt was kind of a criticism i think i've kind of done that and i've also hoped that i've kind of helped you to um be off the hook in a way and say that as far as we're concerned um we are not trying to teach you to be a therapist so in summary the takeaway is you do not need academic qualifications to help people and improve your clients lives and as i've said many times you actually don't need problems to solve either so steal adapt adopt the solution focus model for your own purposes and for your own working environment take nibbles or bite-sized chunks as you see fit so thank you so much for listening and as you will already know, thousands of listeners aren't subscribed. Please consider doing so as it seems to be the only language the algorithm understands. So if you choose not to, then that's fine. I'll still be here talking to myself uh, next time you drop by. And as usual, I'll turn this episode into a useful little PDF reminder. Uh, remember to sign up and get yourself a free copy of the Solution Focus Toolkit book. Um, there will be links around here somewhere depending on where you are listening or visit me as usual at theactionfactory.com thanks for being there i'll speak to you soon bye now mm -hmm.